by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 2021 Leadership Conference. You know what I'm excited about this morning? This is probably the most important service that we'll have at Passion all year long. Uh, seriously. And you know what? I'm even more excited because I probably have more faith in this group than any group that we've ever had in the past. First of all, you guys, the first group that we've ever had at a leadership conference that all showed up on time. <laughs> That's awesome. We're going to have fun today. I don't want you to look at this as just like boring meetings, so we're going to have, try to do some fun things. You can see we got some uh, woodworking items that I built in my shop. We're going to raffle off. I know it's not much, but it's what I could do this, you know, uh, just to give you a little something to, as fun. And uh, see the flag up here? Here's the way we're going to do it. Um, we're going to draw a name or names every so often during the meeting. And when you draw your name, you got 10 seconds to come up here and pick you one of these. What these are is like a little phone thing. You set your phone on it. And, you, you know, use it for Zoom calls or whatever. And then you got your little plug in here to charge it up, place to charge it up. So, uh, and plus for those who don't have a phone or whatever, or would rather have a gift card, we got a couple of gift cards. So... As your name is called, the, the earlier your name is called, the better selection you get. But also at the same time, if you're the last one who hasn't been called, and you're the last name in the bucket, you get as a grand prize this flag. Wow. There's a $100 value. <laughs> it's a wooden American flag. And also there's, there's another $20 gift that we'll give at the end for something else I'll explain. Uh, let's open up in prayer and get this party started. Lord Jesus, we're so excited that you've chosen us to be shepherds over your people. We're so excited about the journey ahead. We're so excited that you've helped us in the past. You've moved us beyond uh, destruction that the devil had laid out for us. We have, we have been victorious by your spirit by your power and by our determination to not quit and to have faith and trust in you. And we pray right now, Father, that a fire will reignite in us and there will be revival in our hearts that will spark the revival in this church and in this nation. We believe right now strongly, Father, there's something spiritual happening in this place today. Something beyond just going through some points and bullet points, but there's something spiritual happening, an awakening a rejuvenation, a, like I said, a rekindling of the fire of our first love and a remembrance of our why here today, sparking us to go to, to, to shake off complacency, to shake off everything that's hindering us and uh, the, the things going on in our life, Lord. We just thank you that you're going to take care of those as we take care of your business. Moving forward, Father. And we're still believing for our year of manifestation. It may have been delayed, but it's not dead. And we're still looking for our time, Lord. It's our time, and we believe it, and we're declaring it right now. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanted to go around the room. Uh, everybody probably knows everybody, but not everybody maybe knows uh, what everybody does. So we'll start right here. If you would, just briefly tell who you are, uh, what department that you work with, or what group that you lead, and uh, maybe tell us how you came to this church. Okay, I'll start first. I'll start first. I came here for marriage counseling 23 years ago. My name is Guy Sheffield, and uh, I'm the pastor. And we're still married, so. Uh, we're going to record this for a uh, podcast, so just pass the mic down. Um, I came here for the same reason. We were having marital issues, uh, and a friend, Tina, who, came, who was a member of this church, invited us. She had invited us before we came, and we were like, yeah, you know, we don't really need that right now. But later when things started happening, it was where we wanted to go, and so that was 20 three or four years ago and we've been here ever since it's our family so uh okay uh i do i work in the office i worked in the office for eight years before we were pastors um little whatever's needed i guess <laughs> i'm anita parvin and i'm over the young life area richard and i started about the same time that they did 20 something years ago 97, yeah, yep. Hi, my name is Callan, and Mitzi and I and Chad, we lead a group called Around the Table. Uh, I came here like seven or eight years ago. I was about at my wit's end, and I saw a sign that said, Living Hope. And, and uh, I've been here ever since. I'm Mary McCall, and uh, I believe this month marks 30 years that Bill and I have been coming because we started dating in September, and then we started looking at churches, and then in March, we started going to Spirit of Life Church and in 1991, so that's 30 years. We've been married 29 years, and so, um, yes, yeah, so I've been here a long time, and it's I'm still excited, and uh, Never wanted to leave, and I'm excited about what God's doing. And um, so I am over guest services and the part of the media department. So, and visitor care, which it's a new name on that, visitor care. I'm Brenda, and I've been here. I started coming about two or three weeks before Easter, about, what, four or five years ago now. Um I don't keep up with the years because I feel like I've been here all my life. <laughs> this is where I should be. So, But it's been a, a few years, and um, I've worked with the needy in the nursery and the Connect Desk, and I lead the Bold Life group, and um, I'm just glad to be a part of this place. My daughter is actually the one that found us, um, our home church, the Passion Church, on the podcast. She found us online. And when she told me that, I thought she'd lost her mind. I said, are you crazy? <laughs> you don't find a home church on the Internet. <laughs> so she's the one that said, Mama, go look. Just go look at it and read about it, and, and, and you're going to like it. I know you are. Well, I couldn't get my phone to figure out how to do the podcast, but 
I did read about it, and I said, well, we've been everywhere else. We might as well try it. So we came, and we just knew. We knew that this was home. And she hasn't been back for a while, but she's watching online again, and she's coming back home because she knows, and she's always saying, this is my home church. And I'm like, uh, well. <laughs> so anyway, I don't take up too much time, but I, I'm just, I just thank God. I thank God that I have found home. She, she said, she's a bold life group. Okay, um, my name is Sherry, and my name is Sherry. <laughs> Turn that goodie around here. <laughs> and I guess I, I can't remember the years. I've been here about four, I believe. And I came here at a low time in my life, and my son was down in Hernando Jail, and that's where he, y'all were, y'all, ooh, I just loved it. And he, and my daughter is friends with Nick, and she said, Mom, she said, you need to go to this church with Nick and his mom, Donna. And she said, you know, I'll, I'll take you up there and show you where it is. Then I went to visit my son, which we could only see him on a screen. And he said, Mom, he said, he said this, this group, this church group, come out here and, and Pastor Guy and all of them are so wonderful. You got to go to that. I said, Lord, you're telling me something. <laughs> and I'm going to listen. And when I walked into this place, I just felt it just, hey, I'm home. Just like Miss Brenda said, I just felt this goodness. And I never wanted to leave. And I'm with the Keepers of the House and a leader, of course, of a life group. And I just love this church. Thank mm -hmm. you, guys. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cindy, and I run a life group with Sherry during the day on Tuesdays. And um, I see my friends and family during the week, and um, I shop. <laughs> I like to go shopping and read my Bible during the day and watch some biblical uh, DVDs, and, you know, I clean my house, and, you know, I pray, and, you know, I talk on the phone a lot, and, um, <laughs> you know, and I love my church, and I like Sherry and Brenda said, it, it's home, you know. Um, I felt very welcome when I got here, and um, it's just amazing how everybody's been so nice to me, and, you know, um, it's, it's home, and I, I love it, you know. I love everybody, yeah. You know, and um, it's just God's been good to me, and he's healing me, and um, he's doing a lot of work in me. And um, I want to tell everybody that um, two weeks ago on Tuesday at group, um, Donna had um, put on some music, just music and no words. And praise God, I, um, um, <laughs> I spoke in tongues. <laughs> Praise God, and um, I've been doing it, not every day, but I've been practicing, you know, just, you know, getting into praying with God, and just, um, you know, it's just amazing. I'm just getting my quiet time, and, um, you know, I'm just, it's, I'm, I never thought that it, I, it could happen to me, you know, but just clearing my mind, and just, it was just so awesome that day, that Tuesday, two weeks ago. And, you know, we were all there, and it was just, I, I just can't explain it. Like I said, I never thought that um, 
you know, it, it could happen to me. But, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I'm going to start crying, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I don't know exactly how long we've been coming, but I guess since Sherry said four, it's about four and a half maybe. Uh, Nicholas and I started coming on Tuesday night prayer for about six months before we came to Sunday. We came to Sunday service the Sunday after whatever Easter that was that year because we had obligations at the other church. And so that year, whatever it was, I don't remember, um, I was invited to this leader group, even though I really was not a leader because guy said, well, you're going to be a leader one day. Like, so he had me come. Well, then, you know, I started doing whatever. I was helping with the keepers of the house and just doing whatever, like I always do, you know. And then my husband had a stroke, and we moved to Clarksdale. We were there for a year, and uh, Cindy kept praying for me to come back. She hated the fact that I was gone because, um, you know, she, had, she, she doesn't like change, and she was very shy at that time. Now she's not shy anymore. But so she was praying me back. She kept praying me back. So I told her, thank you, because my husband got healed from her praying me back. He had to get healed first. So praise God. So, so we're back. And now I am over keepers of the house, because during that time I was gone, Angie was doing it, and she don't need to be doing everything. So I'm over that now, and just knew I'm over the uh, connect desk, the visitor care under Mary. So um, I've been a life group leader I just do whatever God needs me to do. So that's it. So I just, I pray for people. And like, I have my notebook of all the visitors. And like, I spend my days going over them and praying for those people. Um, whether they tell me they've moved away or not, I still, they're in my book. I still pray for them. I contact them maybe once a month and ask them any special prayer requests you have or whatever. And, and even through life groups, you know, like I do all that too. But it's just, it's just what um, Nicholas calls it, uh, retention specialist. But he gave me that name because that's what he used to do when he had a job. He was a retention specialist for stuff. And he said, you're a retention specialist for people of God. So anyway, that's it. I'm Josiah. Uh, I went to church with Nick and Donna. Don't ask me how long. I don't know how long I've been here. Uh, but uh, I'm doing camera now. I'm doing... Uh, we did Kingdom Kids last year, and we'll probably start doing that again. So I'm kind of everything camera. Hey, y'all. Y'all know me. I just got a, I got a prayer request. I don't know how long we've been here. How long have we been here? A good bit a good bit of time. God called us away for about a year to go to Senatobia and lead worship, and then we came back. Couldn't wait. And... Uh, but uh, I just got a prayer request today. A good friend of mine, Jeff Hamrick, if everybody, anybody knows who Jeff is, uh, in the hospital. They found a mass on the right side of his brain. He'd been having some major surgeries, uh, grandbabies and kids and stuff. And so I just, uh, he'd done a lot of stuff with Soul Food and us uh, over the years and Messiah Rain and all well, that's going back a ways. But uh, uh, if you all just lift Jeff, Jeff up in your prayers. My name's Megan. Um, we've been here, September will be five years. September will be five years. Uh, <laughs> um, I work with the kids. Now I do, I guess, all three, depending on who's here. Um, we've raised our son here, and we can't wait to raise our next one here. So. 
My name is Joe Madison. I'm a co-assistant leader over the jail ministry, and I also lead over the guest services, and me and my wife both lead the life group, Rock Solid. So like she said, we've been here five years. I was two weeks out of jail, and uh, I was getting back on my feet, and I found this place, and I was invited here, and this is where God's changed my life, and this is where I feel like I'll be until, until God tells me elsewhere. So thank you all. I'm Thomas. Uh, started coming here, I think, in 2018 uh, when my kid wanted to come. So that was an interesting uh, time. Anyway, uh, didn't stay here too long uh, and started coming again in 2020 in Guy's Life Group, uh, which has been a year, just over a year now. Um, but it was God had prepared me uh, to be available again. I stepped away a long time ago on that. Uh, Anyway, but I found a home, I think, um, and he's using me, goodness, all around. So uh, I co-lead life group, uh, Men for God, with Mario on Thursdays. Uh, we do worship music. Um, and so far, besides talking to a lot of people, that's about it. So <laughs> praise God. I'm Mario. Uh, uh, yeah, it's me, Mario. Anyway, uh, I've been coming to this church about a year and a half now, and what led me here was, uh, you know, a lot of prayer. I was uh, by myself and had nobody to fellowship with, and I was trying to grab people and fellowship with them, and, uh, you know, spiritual things are spiritually discerned, so I was kind of like dead and hungry and just needed some fellowship, and I started praying, and... Uh, I was invited to a wedding, Paul Payton and Abby, and uh, I had been also praying for for a body of believers to join, and um, I just couldn't stand being by myself anymore. And uh, and when I came to the wedding, I had a feeling the Lord was going to lead me to the wherever I was going to this wedding. Never heard of this church or anything. Didn't even know it was here. And when I got here, I felt the Spirit in here, and I'm like, Oh my God, this this is the place. Regardless of why I was here. And that was a Tuesday night. Uh, the Wednesday night I came for a, a life group, and they were having a wed. Uh, uh, they had a, uh, I guess a uh, uh, marriage. It was a marriage group. Yeah, it was a marriage group. So I went in anyway, and because I didn't know what was going, I thought we had Wednesday night service, but we didn't. And uh, so I went in. I says, "Well, I've been divorced twice." I says, "I should know. I know a few things. You know, I I could help." So I went in there and. Uh, so, you know, during my prayers, I was, I was asking God, I, I said, Lord, I really don't want to go and play music because I just don't want attention, you know, upon myself. But I, I can see myself teaching there before I came Wednesday night. And uh, so uh, in the life group, uh, Dean and uh, Renee, I forget their last name. Well, we started talking. You were, you were a witness, and uh, we started answering questions. The Holy Ghost fell in there. I mean, I, I was about to scream. The Lord's here. You know, it was so strong in there. And Dean prophesied the Lord. He said, the Lord has a teaching anointing on you. And I said, that's correct. Because I, I told the Lord I could see myself teaching there. And uh, so he confirmed it with me. And um, uh, so ever since then, I've been saying, yes, Lord, I'm going, going, going. And so less than a year later, I'm uh, leading a life group with Thomas. And the Lord led me. Thomas also, and uh, 
and now we're doing uh we're in a worship worship band and uh we're just blessed constantly and i'm just so blessed to be here with with all you believers and i can't wait to see what the lord has next so praise god My name's Tony Centisi, and uh, I came here one night just out of the clear blue. I was working with Pastor Guy, and he wanted me to play bass for uh, Pastor Javon Good. And I said, all right, I need $50, you know. So. But that night, really really cool about that night, the first night I was here, and they gave me a bass solo. It wasn't really that. It's that Richard was running in the spirit, and Javon was walking the pews singing. So at that time, I was under a religious cult, kind of, and all I knew to do was sit there and play bass. But... What keeps me here for over 20 years is when I came here, I received both my baptisms, both with water and with the Holy Spirit through this church here, which is awesome. But uh, I realized that here I'm free to experience the presence of God, and I'm free from the pressures of religion. And uh, that's what's really kept me here, you know. And uh, I just love all of y'all, love this church, and I'm anxious to see where we're going from here. I mean, we've been through the fire. We came out. We don't even smell like smoke. So we're moving forward from here, so. Praise God. Thank you. All right. I'm Denise Santosi, and the reason I came to the church was because Tony was here, and I followed him. But I was a devoted Catholic, and there were some things that went wrong with the church, and I had to find a church. So when I got here, then I felt welcomed, and I felt like I belonged to this church. And like I said, my family was here. So, <laughs> and uh, I do, I help Anita with Kingdom Kids, and I help Donna with cleaning the church. And anything you ask, I'll, I'll kind of will do. Uh, oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, we went to Zachary Bigsley's camp and took all the kids with us. And that was such an awesome trip. And, you know, we got kind of close to the kids and, the, you know, the camp, different people spoke and stuff, and they kind of touched your heart there, too. My name's Brother Tom, and I work uh, with the jail with Nikki and Pastor Guy. And Joe, I've been with the church for 40 years. I started in 1981 with Honey Rock Fellowship. They were, uh, John Wallace and Betty Joe Wright graduated from Raymond Bible College in, Tulsa, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, with Pastor Paul that used to be a pastor of his church and with Pastor Buddy. And so uh been with the church for a while. Uh, I guess John Walls and Betty Joe Wright. Yeah, Honey Rock. It went from Honey Rock Fellowship to Spirit of Life. That's where Pastor Guy and Angie and most of you came in, Spirit of Life. Then it went to Living Hope, and now it's the Passion Church. So I've been here all along. Uh, pastor Guy, can I take it back there to them? Yes, okay. good idea. I forgot we had two in the back. Good morning. My name is Rick. Uh, we have been here about 20-something years, I think. Um... I'm over the sound in the media, and um, I just want to say God is doing some awesome things in this place, y'all. Um, a lot of new leaders I see. Um, 
God's got a plan. Yesterday's gone. Like Pastor said, it's not church as usual anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have something funny I wanted to share real quick. Tony brought something up about running in the Spirit. I remember when we all first started, uh, Pastor Guy and me and Tony and Gary Wilson used to have a little bitty closet. It was about the si- about half the size of that one back there. And we all, all used to cram in that closet about a four by four, maybe a six by six. And we were in there shoulder to shoulder praying before the services. We would come out of that closet and get up on that stage and be so drunk. And Tony, me and Tony will talk about that all the time, just walking down the hallways when we get to church or whatever. It was just a cool time, you know. They talk about that going up into the upper room. And that's what that was all about. Anyway, I could go on. God's got a plan, y'all. Amen. Good morning, everybody. My name's Nick, and I came to this church because Tom Gullick, one of his children, Daniel, uh, came into the store I was working in. We started talking to each other, and we both invited each other to our respective churches at the same time. So we started coming here, and we've been coming here ever since. Uh, in three weeks, I've been coming for five years on Sundays, not to count the six months before that in prayer. And right now, I'm uh, helping with life groups and with outreaches and whatever else we can possibly do. And while I have the microphone, I want to point out that in this leadership meeting right now, there is exactly 10 women and there are 10 men. And so that's pretty, I'm just pointing out how God has everyone in here leading. And there's four people under the age of 29. And there's also four people over the age. No, I'm just kidding. All right, that's it. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, let's go ahead and start our first drawing. Let's draw the first name out of there and just reach over there. Everybody's name should be in there. Chad McCracken. You, you, you got 10 seconds to come up here and pick your... Seven. Six. I didn't do a Yankees one. All right, pick another one, Angie. We'll pick three names to start off. Joe McCracken. Mr. Joe. (laughs) Four-pack McGee. All right, who else we got? Tony. Remember, if your name is the last one to get called, you win the grand prize. So, a lover of the wood, he picks the plain one. All right. Guys, when I was growing up, I was uh, like the jack of all trades. If, if, somebody, if, if somebody wanted to play darts and I didn't know how, I'd spend all my time learning how to play darts. I wanted to be good at darts. I want to be good at baseball. I want to be good at playing uh, guitar. I wanted to be in a band. I wanted, to, I wanted to do everything good. And if I found something I wasn't good at, then I would work on it. So I spent all my time chasing the gifts that God didn't give me. Right? And, and that can happen. 
Uh, would you put that picture up here? Does anybody know who that is? Who is it? How do you know that? You can tell by the look on his face, his, his guitar is outfitted, the hat. He dresses the part of Stevie Ray Vaughan. He makes the faces of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes, because he was my hero at one time. He was, he was the guitar hero and that I wanted to emulate. But there's something about his playing. It wasn't just because he dressed the part. He was the part. Guitar was his life. He found his passion early, and he and you can't picture this guy working down at Costco part-time, can you? This guy doesn't work. But see, I was like, I want to work at FedEx, and, and I wanted to have me a little place, and I wanted to have me a truck, and I wanted to have all these things, but I, but I wanted to play music too. You see, I was spread so thin. But I can see this guy living on his couch. You know, living on somebody else's couch, what I mean. Because, you know, because he, he's waiting for that next gig. He's all in to playing that guitar. And when you hear him play guitar, the reason why he's still famous, you know, some 20 years after his death is because his soul went into every note. And the reason his face makes all those faces is because he's giving it everything. And I'm telling you, if you look around... At, at people who do great things in this life. People that are notable and that the world can't help but uh, recognize their greatness. It's people that are like that. They are focused. They're not trying to, to be all the things they're not supposed to be. They're focused on being what they're supposed to be. He had a huge impact on the earth even though he only lived like into his 30s. He, had, he died in a helicopter crash. But he lived and breathed guitar. He dressed the part. He made the faces. He put his whole soul into every note. And my point is, as a church, and as individuals too, it, God gives us gifts and abilities and talents, and we're to concentrate on those and not worry about the things we don't have. And you'll be much more successful doing that. A jack of all trades means you're a master of none. And so as a church, I think the American church has become a master of nothing as a whole. We've got softball leagues. We've got all these things. I always pick on softball because that's just one of the ancillary things that churches do that is not the call of the church. I know they do it to reach people or whatever. Maybe, maybe that's some church's you know, main thing. But what is our main thing? And so I want you to know that as you sit here around you, our main things is written down. God said, write the vision, make it plain. We have written our vision that God has given us. That is who we are. As we went around this table this morning, everything that was said reflects that right there. And we're going to be who we are. And we're not going to chase things. And we're not going to try to be something we're not. We're going to listen to the voice of God. We're going to walk and step with Him. And, and God's two things that He's given us is the two greats. Two great things. The Great Commission, 
which is not only to love God, but he said the second one is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. That means everyone matters. And then the great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. We're not only going to be a soul winning church, but we're going to make disciples. And as you can see over the past few years, our focus on making disciples is doing what? Making disciples. It is working. Look around you. Listen at the testimonies already shared here today. We are making disciples. The structure, the processes that God has given us as a church, even though they kind of got derailed for a moment in 2020 during a pandemic, they were still there and they kept us alive. They kept the doors open. They kept the fires burning. And we come out the other side stronger than we were before. Like Tony said, we're not even smelling like smoke. We're more excited now than we've ever been before. Those two grates are burning in us. Maybe there was some pruning that needed to take place. I don't know. But I can look out and I can see people right now that can get the job done. If Jesus could do it with 12, we can certainly do it with these 20. We can do everything God called us to do. And I'm not giving up on planting churches all over the world. You say, I get frustrated like, like you do. We're still in this building. We're still back here. I cannot believe it. Every time we start to grow, something happens. It's, it's, will it ever end? And I speak to God about it all the time. When is our day of manifestation? When is that growth going to appear? When are things going to... It's not my job to bring the increase. It's my job to stay faithful in what I know to do. And I believe that we will. I believe. You know, I, my, I don't know where this story is coming from, but my nephew plays basketball at Holmes Community College. He scored over 1,000 points in high school, but in college he is in a, a, a slump like you've never seen he cannot, he's shooting air balls and he's a three-point master. And nothing is working right. But I want to tell him, do you know that in the life of every person that's ever done anything great, there is times of challenge? You don't just get to the top without any challenge. Without going through any slumps. So I look around at our past and our history and I say, we must be in position for something bigger than ever. Because we have been through more than most churches have been through. We have endured. And we will. And what we're going to do, and how we're going to do it, is we're going to continue to focus on what God has given us to do and not be distracted. For example, we're going to always worship with our whole hearts. Worship is always going to be a part of what we do, loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's always going to be part of what we do, celebratory Sunday services and so forth. We are going to continue to talk about life groups. We're going to live and breathe life groups. It's going to come out of us naturally. If we're going to talk about it from the pulpit. Some people may get tired of hearing it. You may say, here he goes again, talking about life groups. It's what we do. Some of the things that I teach here today, you're going to say, you talked that a couple of years ago. I've, been, I've heard that twice. We need to hear it again. 
We have got to stir ourselves up in the basics. We're not leaving the basics. We're genuine to the things God's called us to. We're not leaving next step. Because it's producing people and giving them a next step. We will always love people and show compassion and mercy. That's just what we are. That's who we are. That says who we are. And because we do these things, we put ourselves in position. And our obedience towards God puts us in position for the Lord to build the house. And we can't take credit for anything. It is the Lord that builds the house. Psalms 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. We're entered into your sheet now. The importance of prayer. What is, we're always going to be a house of prayer. These are the things we will not compromise. I mean, during COVID, there were times where I was out with COVID and the church was shut down because of the shutdown. And I asked Mary to lead prayer and she came up here and she was the only one. So she sat in the parking lot and me and her prayed that night. But prayer went forth that night. And if it's on my deathbed, we will pray on Tuesday night. Somebody will be here lifting up before the Lord the needs of this church and God's will for this church. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, and I put the word leadership because that's what leadership gives, isn't it? Guidance. Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. And you are the group that God has chosen to lead this people out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt into God's promised land. You are the shepherds. Who is a Christian leader? You are. Luke twenty two twenty six says, a Christian leader is the one who, he says, the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. You're the ones that get here before everybody else. You have to carry in a bunch of stuff. You have to go to the store to get the donuts before the meeting. You have to run the thing when you're like, everybody else don't have to do nothing. You're the last ones to leave. You're the ones that offer to clean up after everything. And you say, this ain't fair. Well, it's not fair on this end of heaven. It's not fair on this end. But because Jesus was willing to go to the lower parts of the earth, God has highly exalted him. And because you are willing to give your life in this earth, God will highly exalt you. And I hope my mansion is somewhere close to your mansions when we get there. And Jesus himself said it's better to give than receive. You're experiencing the abundant life as being givers, those who will lay down their life to serve. You're not holding a paycheck over your team's head. You can't force them. You're not, you're not bosses. You're leaders, servant leaders. In every respect of the word, a 
Christian leader is a servant possessing credibility and capabilities to influence people to pursue God-given purposes. That's a good definition, isn't it? Credibility. Do you have that? That means you're living your life in a way that glorifies God. Capability. Do you have those? Yes, you understand you've been given gifts. You've been around. You're the ones that's already making a difference. You've already found your freedom. You've discovered your purpose, and you're making a difference. And now you're influencing others to find their God, the, the passionate pursuit of true purpose in people's lives. That's who we are. And everybody in, that comes to this church, whether it's their first time or their 15th time, we're trying to help them discover that God has a plan for their life. And the testimonies that I heard, some of you came here, you were broken. And God fixed you. And he gave you purpose. And that's why you're sitting at this table today. And we must continue to do that for everyone who walks through these doors. That is who we are. Everyone matters. So what should a Christian leader look like? You're growing in Christ. You're praying. You're studying your Bible. Those are not just things Christians do. That is their lifeline. That is staying hooked up to the branch. You're someone who can organize yourself and your responsibilities. You learn to hear and follow the Holy Spirit. They live, laugh, and love. And all those things are important. You think laughing ain't important. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't learned to laugh at the craziness of this world. You would have given up a long time ago if you hadn't learned to laugh. I'm telling you, the deeper you go in leadership, the harder it is to laugh sometimes. You see the depravity of sin in people's lives and who, they, who people are, and you wonder, why does God even love any of us? But it says God sits above the circle of the earth and laughs because he's going to make all things new. And we're in the business of making all things new. We're in our Father's business. We're all up in our Father's business. Amen. So we, exactly. Isn't that the covenant? Everything that belongs to you belongs to him. You get up in his business, he'll get up in yours. And we're here to extend mercy and love to everyone. That's, that's just so important. We cannot begin to think that we're some church of the high and mighty and the righteous. We've run those people off. We will never forget our why. Why we do what we do. When we think about how Jesus treated the woman caught in the act of adultery and the woman at the well and this, the lepers and the the downtrodden and the, the lady bent over and, and he had mercy on the widow who had just lost her son, her only son. And how Jesus had compassion on the multitudes. And he gave himself and, and spent himself every last drop of his blood. We remember why we do what we do. And we, can, we cannot outgive God. There's no way any of us can come close to the sacrifice that Christ has already made for us. 
But the least we can do is say, God, I'm all in today. And get up tomorrow and say it again. That's right. That is exactly right. It's a reasonable service. So Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you shepherds after mine own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And you are the shepherds God has chosen to watch over his flock. The flock that he was willing to die for, he put in your hands. Wow. Wow. Something worth his life, he put in your hands. It says, take care of it for me until I come back. Everybody take a deep breath. Angie, pick a few names. Are you seeing that something special is going on here this morning? This is not just a meeting. God is going to spark a revival in the hearts of his leaders. Cindy. Cindy. Pretty one. Guys, I did all of them this week. I had to rush them together. There's some flaws on them or whatever. But they work. That's all I can say for them. Some of them are a little wobbly or whatever, but I didn't have time to correct them. But Still working. <laughs> Thomas. Get you a wobbly one. <laughs> oh, wobbly one. Who else, Angie? Sherry. It's bittersweet to win, but not win the big prize. welcome all right so how are we going to do this what what are what do leaders do how, how do they get it done uh four things modeling that's when we walk down the runway in a certain dress with high heels joe you go first no. <laughs> modeling that's what Christians do. No, I'm, that's not that kind of modeling. Okay, motivating, mentoring, and mobilizing. Modeling is actually uh, being a thermostat instead of a thermometer. Well, we just use that just because it, it couldn't be said any better. When, when you walk into the church or you walk into the meeting or something and, and everybody's grumbling, don't want to be here, I could be doing this, I could be doing that, you come in there with a new attitude. Come on, guys, we're serving the Lord today. Let's get this thing done. I'm excited about being here. You have just changed the atmosphere in the room and become a thermostat. And, boy, if your leaders ever get to be in the grumblers and complainers, you're in big trouble. And that can happen. And as pastor, I've let that happen a time or two. But what we have to do is stir ourselves up. If we're not excited, they're not either. If we murmur and complain, boy, They'll just follow right on along with that. If we don't support each other, they won't support us. If you're in the media department and 
You're talking about I can't stand the sound people? Well, we're in big trouble as a church. <laughs> we have to say good things about each other and work well with one another. If we only do just enough, our church will always be mediocre. And you may go through some periods where you have personal issues going on and you're giving all you can and it's barely just enough to keep the apartment alive. <clears throat> but you can't live there. You can't live down in that valley. You've got to come on up. You've ever got to be climbing up. And you've got to give more. And you set the example and your team members will say, Wow, I, I'm inspired if my leader works that hard, see, they're used to leaders that just bark orders. But we're servant leaders. And we, we set the example. I don't want a mediocre church. I don't want to get to heaven and say, God, we maintained. I just can't see it. What kind of church do you want? Are you modeling that as a leader? I bet everybody in here would say, I want to be a praying church. I believe strongly is that we're a praying church. But some of you ain't never been to prayer. I know you can't do everything. You got to pick your battles or whatever. But I'm saying, what kind of church do you want? You have to model that. You have to say, okay, if I want to be a joyous, happy, laughing church, then I need to come in with a good attitude. I need to get my attitude straight before I come in on Sunday morning or, or go and do, do group or whatever we're doing. So model what you want. If you want to be a church that has faith to believe God for big things, then you set the example. You tell people, don't just talk about it. Let's believe God for it. Come on, let's pray together. And set the example. I think we could be whatever church we want to be. And I told people from the very first time I became pastor that this is not my church. This is our church. And it can be whatever we want it to be. And if you're sitting at this table, you certainly have influence here at this church to make this the kind of church that Jesus wants it to be. The church will never go where leaders won't go first. They won't go on an outreach if there's no leaders on outreach. If you just tell them, hey, y'all know we got an outreach Saturday. Oh, I can't make it, but, but y'all are to go, you know. Brother Tom, he taught me early on that if I want to be respected as a leader and I, and I believe in prayer that I need to be at prayer. The people won't come if you won't come, Pastor. The people won't go on an outreach if you won't go, Pastor. Moral failings and backsliding does tremendous harm when, when leaders get involved in that kind of stuff. So, once again, you go back to your prayer and your Bible reading and and your alone time with God, you put guardrails in your life and position yourself so you don't fall. Because when if you fall, you're taking others with you. There is an added responsibility in the life of a leader. You're not. It's not. You can't sin in a vacuum. And even if you think you're getting away with it, and nobody knows. God knows, and you're being held back by God if nobody else. So we have a responsibility to live our lives holy so that we can model what Jesus looks like. Number two, motivating. 
We inspire. We want our people to follow us because they want to. Leaders motivate ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Don't be afraid to ask your people to, to give more, to do more, to believe more. Don't be afraid. You're doing them a favor. Be genuine, sincere, and caring. Have a cheerful attitude. Be optimistic. Always encouraging. See the best in your people. It's easy to pick out other people's faults. It's easy to say, oh, my goodness, this person is a handful. Man, their mouth just never stops. This, this, they, they, boy, they're, it's hard working with this person. You know what that is? That's God giving you a challenge to, see, to take you to a new level of leadership. Can you love people? Can you love the unlovable? Anybody can love those who love them or that have gifts and talents and are easy to work with. But some of you are in places where you think, I don't want to be here no more. But God won't let you out of there until you learn to deal and to get bigger on the inside and not take everything personally. I know that's happening in my life. As I'm growing as a person. And I'm learning not to... I'm learning to take the hits without taking the hits, so to speak, without taking it personally. And, and not, you know, you're, there's going to be friction where people are concerned. If you've got a perfect department everybody or a perfect life group and everybody in your life group just loves one another and gets along great, well, maybe that's a honeymoon season God's giving you, but it won't be that way long. God's going to make sure somebody that's going to rake your nerves is going to be in your life group. Somebody you just say, I'm not calling them, inviting them this week. I just can't do it. But God's saying, what? Didn't I wait on, didn't I call you? So you call them and you learn to deal with people. <laughs> See the best in people. Pray for them. Point them to Jesus. And then remind them of why we're doing what we're doing. Nobody can sustain serving God without knowing why. It may be fun job and something new in their life, but once the newness wears off, they'll quit in a heartbeat. If they don't really know why they're doing what they're doing, and if you don't know what our why is, it's right there on the wall. We love God, we love his people, and we love his purposes. So remember your why and tell other people to remember their why. When you have meetings with your people, say, don't forget why we're doing this, guys. And then be merciful to them when they fail. Failing is not a bad thing. It's just a growth experience. People will fail. Trust your people to fail. Give them, give them opportunities to fail. And then pick them up and show them how God works. Amen? <clears throat> so, model Christian life. Motivate your people. And then mentor your people. Good leaders walk out life with their people. They don't just do their activity once in a while. But they, they learn to make them their friends. And they, they disciple them. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, it's an exponential growth that, that God is looking for. 
You're not just going to sit on all your gifts and talents and say, everybody, look how great I am. You're going to give them away. In God's kingdom, it's how quick you can give your gifts and talents and abilities and knowledge and wisdom to other people and let them use theirs. Your success is in your people. It's not about look at me, it's look at my people. It's giving your life away. And your success is seeing your people flourish. We're constantly, as Christian leaders, working ourselves out of a job. Nicholas has done this as a prime example. He's done this several times. I've given him projects, things to lead. It don't take him six weeks, and he's already got another leader that's taking position. Maybe some of you are in here because Nicholas trains you to be in the position you're in. And he's good at that. And we all should be working ourselves out of a position. When you work yourself out of a position, then you rise to a bigger position. Does that make sense? And you say, well, we're a small church. We don't have that many positions. Well, if everybody was working themselves out of a position, then we wouldn't be a small church. If you're a life group leader... You should not have a whole 12 weeks of a life group, and at the end of it, nobody's there capable to come into the leadership training for the, to lead a life group, unless for some reason God just doesn't put anybody in your group. But I can assure you there's somebody that you can work with. There's somebody in every department that has potential. In fact, they all do. So pick somebody and then trust and commit to these faithful men who will be able to teach others also because... It's not about, it's about long term. And then after we mentor, we mobilize. We have to do something. I just never understood going to church and that being the all in all. We just come and we get a little sermon and a little wisdom and we go home. Leaders lead. And you got to lead somewhere. You can't stay in basic training forever just teach people how to make their bed. you got to go out into the battlefield at some point. you got to lead people into the fight, the good fight of faith. Great leaders put a game plan together and lead troops into battle. They continually stretch the limits of their abilities and their faith. So get into action. Winning isn't done on the bench. And you pick a couple of names. Y'all want to take a bathroom break? We'll, we'll call these three names, and then we'll take a five-minute break. First Corinthians 11, verse 1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, you guys just follow me because I'll be following Christ. And so that should be what we're able to say. Watch my life because, man, I'm, I'm giving it all here. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to admit when I make mistakes. I'm going to say I'm sorry. And that's part of watching me as I learn to follow Christ. What did Jesus ask of his followers? He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We got two simple focuses we already talked about, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. We must never lose sight of these two things. 
I know it's tempting just to settle with the hard workers, but is that the goal? Is your department growing? Resist getting bogged down with majoring in the minors. Um, if you're part of the usher team, the guest services, and you say, well, our job is to put envelopes in the back of the chairs and greet people at the door and, and make sure people get seated and put pens in the back of the chairs and, and you can list the things that you do, but that's the things that you do, uh, but that's not your whole focus, right? Don't get bogged down in the minors. The bigger picture, always have the bigger picture is people. Jesus never lost sight that people was the picture. That's, that's what he had his eyes on, his inheritance. He kept his eyes on the prize, that, that he would win souls. And so that's what we want to keep our eyes on. As a, as a leader, your main focus is not the little thing that you do here at church. You know, really, you know, we could have the same two people usher every week because they like to or whatever. That's not the reason for the ushering department. It's to give people a starting place, a next step, a place to begin to serve in the church. So if we just tell them how to do it and we demand perfection and the little things that we do, then we're missing the point. This is our opportunity as leaders to grow the people underneath us. The people are the most important thing. Yes, it's, in, it's important that we have an excellent Sunday service or whatever. We want to do excellent, but that's just part of it. The major thing is leaders grow people. So don't major on the minors, especially as life group leaders. It's not just about having a good time or not just about going through your lesson plan, but it's about getting, that, getting everybody to that next level in their walk with Christ. <clears throat> uh, where am I at? Leaders' main focus should be the people and equip them to fish for more people. And so we teach people the same processes that we're learning. We teach people and teach them it's about people. And if we're inviting our friends to church, we're setting an example for them. If we're going on outreaches, if we're, we're saying, uh, let's be nice to the visitors, we're setting the example all the way around. And we're giving others a chance to utilize their God-given gifts. You remember some people, like I said, maybe a handful, and you say, oh, they're not going to be able to do this. They're, they're going to be terrible. But you remember when you first got asked to do something at the church, and it was big to you, and and the reason we do we ask people and we get them involved early and we get them to go, if you got people that you see coming to this church and they're not serving in the department, get them through the next step class. Because that's a vital piece that we had been missing in the past that gets people acclimated to what kind of church we are. Gives them, get, gives them the key to the passion church's heart. And then we can get them hooked up in a ministry and they're getting buy-in when they, and they get to serve at a church and the church wouldn't even let me, some churches wouldn't even let me in. You know, and I'm serving. And they have ownership into the kingdom of God. And we're providing that for, for people. And, and this, that just touches God's heart. So we want to see people. You know, I was talked that message recently. See people. See past the exterior. All the hurts and the pains are coming out and they're, their attitude's gruff and all this. They're, they're masking all this stuff that's going on in the inside. See past that and see, the, see them with the eyes of Christ and say, how can I help that person? 
They're acting that way for a reason. Don't just be like the world. Passion must stay true to our vision. Our mission is to help bring God's vision for us as a church to pass. And where there's no vision, the people perish. God will do it, but he chooses to do it through us. We simply stay on mission. And that's, I think, what this conference does. That's, the, that's what I get this year. This conference is to help us get back on mission. We've had a rough year. You know, we, we left basic training in 2019 and went into battle in 2020. And it wasn't battle, you know, it wasn't like in basic training anymore, right? Bullets were flying over our head. We were trying to keep the thing together. We had to, we had to give up some of the things and the, the processes, and we just had to make do, right? We were in battle. Uh, but now it's time we didn't have those processes for no reason. They weren't just simply, we just didn't simply disregard them because we, we wanted to. It's because we had no choice. But as soon as the battle you know, ceases enough, we get our processes back because it's those processes that keep us together as a church and helped us endure 2020 in the first place. Does that make sense? So uh, we stay on mission. Everything we do must further the vision. We're going to remain true to our core values. And uh, do you know your department's mission statement? I know life groups probably don't have a mission statement, but you could. You know, like that's a, which one would you call our mission statement? I don't know. I guess the why, yeah, or the who. But, but a mission statement is this is what we're here to do. And so, you know, the, I keep picking on guest services, guest services, the media group, the, whoever should have a, 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 a statement that you hand new people and say, this is what we do, this is who we are. And you should know it. Yeah. We come to, to make disciples. We come and learn that we may go and teach. You know, I'd almost give somebody $100 if they could quote that word for word without looking. I, I, I. No, no. But see, I can. It's in me. And it's important, and I'm trying to set the example for you, that when we set goals, when we set mission statements, when we do these things, it's not just paperwork that we're pushing. These are things that we've got to get in us so that we can get it in our people. This is how we change the course of our church. By writing the vision and making it plain and printing it on the tablets of our heart so that when bullets are flying overhead, we don't get off track. We know who we are and who, to whom we belong. Vision creates growth. People want to be part of something that has a vision. If your church has no vision, they can go to any church on the street and not make a difference. But if they hook up with your vision, I like what, I like what that church is doing, where they're going. I like their attitude about this. I, I like when I go in there, I, I know who they are. They've written it down for me. And so when we have a vision, it, it'll create growth. People want to get behind a, a movement that has somewhere to go. They're not going to get all excited about somewhere. We're, we're going to be the same as we were 20 years ago. <laughs> and leadership equips for that growth. You're the, you're the branches out there that's going to support that growth. 
the structures that we have in place support that growth that's coming. The systems that we have drive the growth. And God, when he sees that we have these things in order, will bring the increase. God's not going to bring the increase to a church who's not ready to handle it. He's not going to let people come here and get hurt. That's not his desire. It happens in places. But his desire is that we would be a church with the systems and the positions and the leadership that understand is on the same page with God's vision for our church. And we understand that people is what it's all about. And when he sends somebody here, he can trust us with them. And I want you to know, when you see somebody coming through that door on a Sunday morning, you ought to be the first one to welcome them, make them feel, don't be weird, but welcome them, make them feel, invite them to, to, to lunch that day, show them that they have entered the right place. All right, below here we have the, the latest current passion leadership org chart in, in purple. Uh, of course, Pastor Vickers is over me, but we're starting right here at the DeSoto campus. Um, my, my personal uh, sphere of influence, uh, my, my team is in the light blue. That's Mary, Anita, Tom, Nicholas, and Angie. Those are the ones uh, who report to me. Uh, and then each one of them, the boxes below them are the, their responsibilities, their, their teams. And your names are probably in some of those boxes. Or life groups is, you know, not all in one, but under Nicholas. But uh, let's see if there's any new change. Like, for example, Mary is over guest services. Joe has just recently been uh, become team leader of that group. He stepped in when there was nobody, there was a vacuum there during the, the battle in 2020. And now he's the official leader of that group. Uh, Rick is over the media, so she, he reports to Mary as well. And then the new department that we just uh, made it official, that Donna is over visitor's care. One of our goals, that, as we'll discuss for 2020, was retaining visitors. Uh, let's see what else is new. Um, we have a new video department that's under under my watch, and Josiah has stepped into that, that leadership position. And uh, let's see what else. That's about the new things going on. But you know, uh, there's nothing sacred about this. These people don't hold these positions just because it's the way we do things. These, these boxes can be moved around, new people. This should be a live document. That's why I said this is currently. Because you should be working yourself out of a position. And somebody else should be filling that box. And then you should be moving up. And that's how we grow. What does a healthy church look like? A healthy church is a balance of fellowship, discipleship, worship, ministry, and evangelism. Um... The moment you start putting one over the other, you know, and saying this one isn't important, then you get out of balance. These things balance each other out. You know, without fellowship, then you, you're not going to meet a lot of people to evangelize, for example. 
If you're not a happy church, nobody wants to go there. You know, if you're not a warm and loving church, there'd be no discipleship taking place. If you're not worshiping, then you're not a church at all. So you see what I'm saying? Uh, all these things are important, so we want to keep them in a healthy balance. There was an article I printed out that says, 10 Signs You're att uh, Attending a Great Church by Greg Steyer. Number one, it says, it is led by a team of godly leaders. Not a lone ranger pastor who gathers Kanto-type leaders around him and say, yes, Kimosabi. <laughs> if you know me, you know I don't want to hear yes, yes, yes to everything I say. I don't want to know. Okay. Number two, the gospel has, has to be central in every sermon, program, and meeting. You know, that's we're here to spread the gospel around all the world. Uh, people are using their spiritual gifts. It's not just the stage team exercising theirs. You know, it's not just the pastor. It's not just the, the, the praise and worship team. You know, operating in the gifts. It's not just the leaders. We want to set an atmosphere where people can be moved to use their gifts in the church, serving in the church, or spiritual gifts in operation in the church. Uh, it, like the early church, is integrated, fully representing the demographic of the community in which it resides. You know, one of the saddest things about American churches is, you know, there's white churches and black churches. That just doesn't make sense. It goes against everything gospel. Um, it should not be tolerated to feel those feelings. Of course, people are going to come in here with racist attitudes and stuff because they're sick people that need to be healed. They're coming to the hospital, but we need to give them hope for better than that, right? Uh, we, we want to... We want to welcome people that's not like us into our church uh hispanics and stuff and maybe one day we'll have a translator or something for, for that or something but but everyone is welcome at the passion church and we need to make sure everybody knows that number five love demonstrating itself in friendliness um number six most likely there's a sm thriving small group program there is here isn't it Man, life groups have just been a blessing. The people are being inspired. The teaching and the preaching is biblical. Somebody please say amen. amen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody please. <laughs> Ministry to t uh, children and teenagers are top priority. And intercessory prayer fuels everything so prayer 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 so how would we how would we score on those 10 things are we a good church you think a 10 out of 10 does anybody see any shortcomings that they kind of bring out yep amen They're working on building a nursery department. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it all works together, doesn't it? How do we work to integrate our community? Uh, I'm sure that our, you know, we could do a better job of looking like the community. How do we welcome people of, of color into our, our church? We, we, have, we have focused on, you know, outreaches and peop with people of color. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's really difficult because the stereotype is that, you know, everybody thinks that this is supposed to be the way it has been. But we need to break those barriers. And uh, you need to invite people of all colors and all stripes. Uh, so there's some work to be done. But I, I saw that and I thought it was encouraging. This Some guy that obviously knows what he's talking about <laughs> said this is what a good church looks like. And I thought, we did pretty good on this. And, and we're imperfect, but Angie, draw a couple of names there. No. <laughs> Honoring your parents. We're going to talk about that next. All right, next. Joe's her new son. Tom. There's some gift certificates up there, Tom. Chick-fil-A, Subway. Everybody likes Chick-fil-A. One more. One more. One more. So you guys who hadn't been called yet, you're still in the running. Okay, on page six, Passion Church, it's what we do. Are we all know, and I have hammered the know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. How many could quote that? Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's, that's just simply, in a nutshell, what we help people do. That's their process of going around the discipleship wheel. That's their process of growth. But on this chart, I have written what we do, what we provide to facilitate that growth. So we gather, we connect people, we develop people, and we mobilize people. And so if we're going we're gonna to help people get around that wheel, we need to provide those avenues for them to make the, the transitions. 
it, what good does it do for them to learn how to spread the gospel if we're not giving them a chance to do it? Or what good does it uh, do for them to, to know God but then stand, stay in the bondage that they're in and have nobody to connect to, no iron to help sharpen their iron, right? So, how, so what is our process? What is our main process to help people know God? Sunday services. Somebody's been listening to me. Right. What is our main process to help people find freedom? Life groups. Life groups. When they get in those life groups, they begin to discuss their issues with one another. There's more personal. It's more one-on-one attention. Um, you know, interaction. People can speak up and they get to talk. You know, it's important for people to get to talk. If you're having a life group and you're doing all the talking, you're doing it wrong. You're, you're encouraging them to express themselves. And so that helps get the conversation started about their lives. That's how they find freedom. They, they air out their things and you're there to help. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Okay, so how, what is our process? These, they're all interactive. Everything we do is uh, helping the same thing. But, but what is our main process for helping people discover their purpose? Next step classes. Is there anybody in here who hasn't been through all the next step classes? You've been through them twice, <laughs> at least. Okay, if you hadn't been through it in a while, won't you come back through again? Because I, I grow each Sunday, and I've done the classes since their inception. And I grow each Sunday, and it reminds me of my why each Sunday. And so if you hadn't been in a while, there's no, no reason why you can't go through again. And then how do we help people mobilize? How do we uh, help people make a difference? It's our passion teams and our passion outreaches. And so, so if you're a team leader of a department here, then, uh, like I said, if your real why is to help people make a difference. It's not to put the envelopes in the back of the chairs. Um, is there any way that you can see that we can do these things more effectively? You say, this, this is so simplistic, Pastor. I mean, we got just... Major things that we do, we got three or four major things, and that's it. That's what we're sticking with. That's what works. That's what I'm saying. We're staying on vision. We're we're like Stevie Ray. We we got a strap and we got a guitar. We got a cord and we got an amplifier. That's all we need. That's how that gets the job done. Okay, what we're gonna do now? Uh, I'm gonna get a couple of of my team, the G-Force team as I call them, uh, the God Force, we, just because we have a cool name, don't hate on us. Uh, you can have a team a name for your team if you want to. It ain't my fault if you don't. But my team is called the G-Force team, and I usually uh, like for them to share. Uh, they've, they're, they've made their way around the wheel a long time ago, and they've been serving faithfully. Uh, in this church for many years and I trust them with my life and they're, they're invaluable to me 
And so we're going to have a couple of them speak before lunch. And then we'll have a couple maybe speak after lunch. Um, after lunch, uh, we're going to continue. And uh, we're going to talk about the goals for 2021. And uh, some more important stuff. We'll talk about the financials for the past year and the, the numbers on the last year. So a lot of important stuff coming up after the break. Um, we're going to have barbecue for lunch and uh, we'll take a take a little break and and if we get out here early we'll just get out of here early right but uh until then we're going to stay hard at it and first i would like to for you to welcome up miss mary mccall it's always an honor to be up here i like to cry a lot I'm going to try not to. <laughs> and um, I had some things in my heart that I wrote down. And then the Lord woke me up and changed it. So I might look a little disjointed, but you know what? I'm not worried about how I look. Just worried about getting out what he wants me to say. And what's really so funny is that a lot of the things I was going to say is exactly what we've already been talking about. And so... Anyway, but I, I woke up this morning uh, before I came here. I'm not a singer, but this is what I heard. Not by might, not by power, by my spirit, your spirit, Lord. Send your spirit, Lord. All right. So I've been hearing that this whole time that we've been sitting here. And everything that he's been talking about is right. And so I had some things on my heart. But then the Lord woke me up at 2 o'clock this morning, and he gave me another point to add. So I put that one first. <clears throat> and guess what? It's something you've already said. <laughs> and he said, the best leaders are the followers of Christ. And so, does anyone have their Bible? Uh, Hebrews 7.25. I could flip to it, but i got so many things going on. The best leaders are the followers of Christ, and that's what we've been talking about. It's not about, oh, who am I, who am I? You know, if I'm not a follower of Christ... I can't lead you anywhere, or I can, but it, it won't produce. Hebrews 7:25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he liveth to ever to make intercession for them. And if you back up to 23, it says, And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. This is a different translation. But this man, talking about the Lord, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, goes into 25. Wherefore, he is also able not to save them to the uttermost that come unto him by God, seeing that he liveth ever to make intercession for them. The, the point being, we are men. He is God. 
He's the true leader. If we're not leading them to follow him, which is everything we've been talking about, we're not leading. So the best leaders are the followers of Christ. Um, talking about Moses. Moses was, was a great leader, you'd say, in the Bible. He taught them to follow God. Um, but then, then Moses wasn't there at some point. And then Joshua had to step in. Okay, So Moses could only take them so far. Okay, But God could take them all the way. So that's what we're doing. And I don't know why every time I do this, but I start like getting a preach on me. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it short. But we are following Jesus into heaven and taking as many people with us as we can, right? <laughs> that's discipleship. That's what we've been talking about. And that's the Great Commission, Matthew 28:19. You want to do Matthew 28:19 for me? Thank you. Yes. So we are we are following Jesus. That's leadership. We're following him. He's really the leader, right? Y'all got that right. We're following him and taking as many people as we can with us. We're snatching them. There was another time the Lord said, you're going to snatch them out of the brink of hell. Okay. What did I say? Mark 28, 19. Go, oh, Matthew. Matthew 28, 19. Yes. We all know it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know that. We've already been talking about that. Okay. So uh, that's the best leaders or followers of Christ. The second point, I've got four little points, is that names tell us who and what we are. Words are creative God formed the worlds by the words. They are creative. It's creative power, words. <laughs> As an example, and you can be very, very descriptive, and God gave us our imaginations to utilize and to be descriptive. An example is our pastor. When he speaks, you can see it, right? He paints a picture. He uses his imagination. You can just see he's doing this thing or how or Papa with the one monobrow with the big old furry eyebrows, <laughs> right? You can see it, right, right, right? Okay. So uh, getting to names, tell us who and what we are. But when God speaks, you can visualize it. And um, visual aids help, help lead people to what you want to express. Okay. And I did not have my audio visual. I'm talking about the media department, which we're working on. And Rick is just now, uh, you know, he's always been doing it, but just now realizing that we're, we're working together. But, but that's something we're, we're working on, right? But um, they are, it's the media department, but they're also, you've heard this in school, audio visual, visual aids, right? So visual aids, they help people, they help lead, lead people, okay, um, to what you want to express. 
If I say, and this is where I didn't have my audio visuals, but you'll have to just go with me on this. If I say, we support a lot of missionaries. But he showed the missionaries and the children, and they were, you know, getting the packages, and they were doing this. That, that's audiovisual, so it's super important. It's super important. Okay. Another example I had of audiovisual and names telling us who we are, and I'm getting to our departments, is that it's in a movie. I don't know who's seen the movie Hidden Figures. If you have not seen that movie, get that movie. It is a wonderful movie. It's about the, um, they were brilliant, and they were all black, and they were women, and they were mathematicians. They were geniuses, and they worked for NASA in the 60s, the early 60s. Like, that didn't happen. And there was a lady named Katherine Johnson, and she did the math equations to bring the space shuttle back down, and um, in the movie, Hidden Figures, what they called them, they had, uh, and it, it just, it'll blow your mind what they went through, and then, and then it comes around to the acceptance, and, and some of the things that started to, the recognition they started to get, because not any person in this room is like a tenth as smart as any one of these women that were in this movie, and they show their workspace, and it had all the little ladies, and it had above their head computers because they were computers. That was the first computer. It was these women. Now we have a computer. It's, an, it's, an, it's a thing. It was them. They were the computers. They computed. That was their name. Okay, so... See that movie, Hidden Figures, write it down. It's very good. It's very, it's true story. Yes. Okay, so now i got to flip on something. So, hold on. All right. Let me flip over to my thing. Sorry about this. God changed me up on some stuff. Okay. So, ushers. What do they do? They ush. They usher. <laughs> okay. So, the, the, the main thing is they show people to their seats, right? He already said, put the envelopes in the back. But we're not focusing on processes, right? But anyway, that's what they do. That's what they basically do. But one other th definition is they cause or mark the start of something new. And I just liked that. It's like, chew on that a while. You know, I don't know everything that it means, but it's something good. <laughs> they, the cause... Or mark, they cause or mark the start of something new, like usher in his grace. It's in that, that vein. To usher, to usher. Okay? Yes. So there's something really good in that. And, and let me finish up with audiovisual. It's so important. Let me just, it's very important. And there are a lot of things that we need to work on with audiovisual. Okay. To greet, we have greeters under Joe, ushers and greeters. Okay? To greet. Give a polite word or sign of welcome or recognition to something or someone. Um, to receive or acknowledge someone. Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to acknowledge you. We're the Passion Church, and we are so excited that you're here. And we do that well. I believe we do that well. Okay. Uh, to become a parent or to be noticed by someone on arrival somewhere. So we notice you. 
We notice you. We want to instill that in our greeters, right? Okay. And host. We have a position that we're kind of working with a host, you know. A host, someone who receives or entertains other people as guests. You know, the host or hostess. They're so excited. They welcome you into their home. They have the spirit of hospitality on them. Okay, this is someone that we may work with. Um, the people that are like, hi, I see that you're holding a, a, a baby. You know, do you need some help? Can I assist you? Can I carry this? And, and to free up the ushers a little bit, okay, to help them. All right, so then I have, we're going to move over to the connect desk and the visitor care, which Donna is working on. And uh, to connect is to bring together or into contact so that a real link is established, we want real links to be established, right? To join together so as to provide access and communication to connect. We want to connect people. And then a link to a power or water supply, a connection, the power or the water supply, the washing of the water by the word, the power of the Holy Ghost. There's so much stuff. I love looking words up, y'all, if you can't tell. Okay, so we're going to ush, usher. I just like to say ush. We're going to connect. We're going to lead people through audiovisual aids, the media, right? Okay. So that's some good stuff. My third point is bring who you are into the office. He talked about who we are right off the bat. See, everything I'm talking about, he's been talking about. So it was bring who you are into the office. Who are you? That's who we are hoping to help people discover or discover their purpose. All this, like I said, everything I've been saying. Uh, um, something the Lord showed me. He has been pruning me and pruning me and pruning me and pruning me, and I didn't think I could be pruned anymore, but I do see there's still in areas, but I'm just saying, he's been really working with me, and it's been very difficult. But one cool thing he showed me is that he showed me that I'm a helper, that I like to help people. I think... A lot of you know that. This is where I start to cry. Not just like a sidekick. Oh, you're my helper. No, I like to help you. I want to help you. He showed me this. You're like, why does that matter? It's all about you. It's not about me. I want to show you that when you show someone who they are, how powerful it is. So the Lord had me... One day, it was like, go to Kohl's. And I was like, I don't, okay. You know, it wasn't a spiritual thing. It was like, go to Kohl's. So I was like, I want to be obedient. And I thought, maybe, okay, I kind of did need some all-weather shoes or, you know, um, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. Thinking, why do I go to Kohl's? So I drove to Kohl's. I sat in the parking lot at Kohl's because guess what? Kohl's wasn't open. So I sat there. <laughs> so here I am at Kohl's, not knowing why, but I'm sitting at Kohl's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm taking a long time. Okay, I'm almost done. I'm sitting at Kohl's, and then people weren't going in yet. It wasn't open. So I waited. And then uh, a series of events happened where some people started getting in line, and I was like, no, I just felt like wait, just wait, right? I know this is just a silly example, but it's powerful. So I waited. And then finally, I, I thought, well, there's enough people in line. I'm going to go ahead and they're about to open it up. So I open it up. 
So when I go in, I go in and all of a sudden, y'all, she was so cute. This little old black lady. Like this. She's coming. She's coming like this. She's coming along. She comes right up beside me. She asks me a question. She goes, where is the shoe department? Do you know where the shoe department is? I said, you know what? I said, I'm heading to the shoe department. Let's go. So we go to the shoe department. We're there at the shoe department. And I'm looking around. And she said, I'm looking for some new tennis shoes because I, I got healed. I, I used to be in a wheelchair. She said, she starts telling me her story. I was in a wheelchair, and I haven't been walking very long. But when I did, I started walking, walking, walking. And I've done worn my shoes out, and I need a new pair of tennis shoes. I was like, let's get some. So we start looking, and she's looking, she's looking. She can't find what she wants. She can't find what she wants. I'm looking around, and I see some, a section of black tennis shoes. And I notice, you know, there's an 11. Not my size, but I just noticed there's an 11. She goes, she's going up and down the row. I'm kind of broken off and gone on a different road. She goes, I just can't find it. I just need, I need an 11. And I said, yes, ma'am. I got it right here. I said, here you go. I said, it's an 11. And, it's, and she goes, ooh, and it was exactly what she wanted, right? Y'all, <laughs> we started talking, and, you know, we, we fellowship and everything like that. And, and, and I said, I, I can see we are sisters in the Lord. You know, she was born again. It wasn't to get saved or anything. It wasn't even so much, and her name was Melody. But when I got back home, he showed me that I just love to help people. And that he sent me there just to be obedient to help Melody find a size 11. <laughs> and that's all we have to do is just show people, show people. He took me back, and, uh, you know, people were like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and he let me remember that all I would say was, I just want to help people like my mom does because my mom was a social worker. So, you know, it's connected. It wasn't an isolated incident. It wasn't nothing. It was something big. Why do I cry? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um. <laughs> you know, and everything too, like helpful people that like they, they impress me. Like I'm like, that person is so helpful. You know what I mean? And, you know, start recognizing in yourself, the Lord will show you what you have, I mean, what you are, you know. And, um, and, then, and then on the flip side, I'm always like in my family, no one's helping me. You know what I mean? It's like that word, that word. It just keeps coming up, you know, because it's something. It's something to me. So he showed me, you're a helper. And in heaven, I believe we're going to have jobs, <laughs> things to do, assignments, and I'm going to be helping people. And that's what he showed me. <laughs> Again, not about me. It's about what, see how affected I am by that? People will be affected by that. When you help them, Joe, not just put the this, but you're, you know, and Rick and, and, and Donna, you know, and all my team, that when we help them, Discover their purpose. That's what we're talking about. They discover their purpose. It just breaks wide open, you know. Okay. And then, um, so I said develop relationships. Oh, we're not just showing people the duties. We are investing in them. We're developing relationships. We're helping people find their purpose, which is discipleship again. It's all tied in together. And, um, and, um, 
And then I said, this is leadership. Always be trying to find your replacement. It's like, it's like I had an advanced copy of this, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, when Moses went on, the mission did not end, remember, to lead them to follow Jesus and find their purpose. He is the leader who will never quit or be replaced. Right? Okay. Um, and then I had another example about Guy that... Um, that when he would always share, like at work, his other job, not this important one right here as pastor, but that he would share that he didn't, he didn't really like being there. He didn't, he didn't really, you know, he did okay there, you know, but he didn't really like being there. But he wasn't bringing who he was into the office, right? But see, now on this job, uh, He's bringing who he is here, right? And so he's a leader, the pastor, pretty big deal, leader. <laughs> uh, so that's two examples of that. And then the fourth, last thing is do it with fun. <laughs> and then Jesus, you know, we know he was fun, and there's tons of scriptures about laughter, but I've already taken a lot of time. But anyway, look it up, scriptures on laughter, fun. And um, there's many more than you realize. You know, laughter doeth good like a medicine, but, like, there's a lot of them. So um, do it with fun. I can see Jesus <laughs> having fun, laughing. But he, he completed his mission, but he had fun. And that's who we are, warm, fun-loving family. Amen. Now do you see why I say I trust them with my life? Uh, Angie's going to get the food. She should be back in just a second. Before she, before I dismiss and let you go to the restroom, and then we'll go ahead and eat, one thing she said about uh, visuals and stuff and people who speak into your life, you know, uh, God puts people that's, that, that you're called to hear from. And uh, it's funny she said that. I want to share with you something Pastor Vickers uh, shared with me the other day. He said, listen to this timeless truth. Whoever receives the messenger I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives the Father who sent me, John 13, 20. He's saying, you know, receive me, and then you receive the Father. I found this to be true in my life, says Pastor Vickers. Pastor John Osteen not Joel, but his father, John Osteen, was the messenger Jesus sent into my life. I received him as such. From that moment on, there was a change in my life. My labors became more fruitful and the blessing of God increased. There was a marked difference. Notice, we do not choose our messenger. Jesus does. Your pastor is the messenger Jesus sent to you. He does not take the place of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. He is simply the messenger sent by Jesus to speak into your life. This is the one missing truth in the American church. They think they don't need anyone else. They hire their pastors, which means their pastor is an employee. Therefore, they are a fatherless people. God always places people in our lives. It is dangerous to think we don't need anyone. Very dangerous. Receive your pastor. I didn't have any intention on reading that. I thought it might be self-serving, but but I think it's it's 
It's the truth. Um, we're a fatherless church in America. People think they don't need a church. They don't need each other. They don't need brothers and sisters, and they don't need a pastor. And it's not true. God, it says God puts you in the body where he sees fit. It's, if you're just going to a church because you want to go there, but you hadn't consulted God, then you're probably in the wrong place. And you're not getting that fathering. You're not hearing that message the way that God wants you to hear it. There's a place and there's a pastor that God wants to place in your life to be able to speak in a way that you understand. I didn't understand that. When I became pastor here, a lot of people left, you know, over the course of a couple of years. And I thought I took it personally. But it was just that they didn't hear my voice. They didn't hook up with the vision God had given me. And that's okay. Uh, but but it, the ones who stay, God should be able to use. All right, you guys can continue eating, uh, finishing up. And I'll go ahead and get started while you're, while you're finishing up. <clears throat> Each quarter I write a uh, campus report on the status of our church to Pastor Vickers, our senior pastor. And uh, I usually like to share the latest one at these leadership conferences just to give you an idea of the correspondence. And because it's... Uh, you know, my heart, feelings about the way the church is going in this particular quarter. So the fourth quarter of uh, 2020, this is our report. It was written on January 12th of this year. <clears throat> There's still great optimism and hope in our church. We've taken a big hit to the anticipated progress we hoped to make in 2020. As you remember, we were looking for forward to 2020 it was going to be our year of manifestation i still haven't prayed all that out and found out what happened there uh, maybe it's delayed or maybe it happened in a way we hadn't understood yet maybe it's behind the scenes but we're still believing um, but it took a took a big hit to our anticipated progress that we hope to make in 2020 as i'm sure most churches have but it's not squelched our enthusiasm we're currently growing in our live attendance numbers once again. And I have five new membership applications sitting on my desk from people who have graduated our Next Step program as I type this. And that was on January 12th. So we have some people that uh, do some certificates ceremony any day now. Since the one big outbreak of COVID-19 we suffered earlier in the year, we have been relatively good. We have had several get sick, but they did not catch it or spread it at the church. All have recovered, praise God. So we have been fortunate and uh, praying the whole armor of God over ourselves and believing God to keep that sickness away from us. And thank goodness. Our video capability and online presence has improved greatly, and we expect to have our own video system installed by next week. Guess what? We have our own video system installed now. Uh, if you, you probably hadn't noticed that I hadn't said anything, but that camera is not a borrowed camera anymore. That is Passion Church's camera back there. It, it stays here. Uh, Je Josiah no longer has to haul in some borrowed stuff each week. <clears throat> and he was instrumental 
in the purchase of it, uh, showing us making recommendations and stuff. And that's not the full system, but uh, just once that came in, it, it kept the it, at least as good a quality as the borrowed stuff we were using, in my opinion. I think it got better. And then it's a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Rick has worked awfully hard to make sure that, that now we're running our sound through our audio board to the camera. Before, it was just the camera picking up from one microphone the whole room, and it just wasn't a good sound on the videos. Now we're matching this, the good sound quality with what's coming through our board. It's a separate mix, and, and I don't want to go into it, but it takes a, a lot of attention to detail to make it happen right. Uh, most people who have a production have a whole production crew that have their own room and own soundboard just to make the live production on the video sound good. And we're trying to do that while Rick is running two sounds at the same time, two boards through the one board. So, <clears throat> uh, but we, as a small church on a very very tight budget, are are beginning to play with the big boys in that regard. And so I think they are to receive a round of applause for the hard work. <clears throat> a lot of hard work goes into that. And Josiah is working with a team. He's, he's one of those guys that recognize he's got to pour himself into others. And uh, so that he can, yeah. <laughs> We're also working at this point. We were also working with a second praise team and new musicians that have become part of our church, and we all know that they ministered last Sunday. Great job. <clears throat> That's huge. I guess 2020 could be best described as a year of pruning. We have lost a few families due to fear, a few who have just let their seed get choked out. However, the remaining people may be the best core group we've ever had. The biggest heartache I have experienced is the lack of children now attending. Um, and then he asked that we, each quarter, our, he, we have our goals, church-wide goals, and our church-wide goals for 2020, he wants to know where we're at, you know, how we're doing each quarter towards our goals. And if you're a department leader and I tell you to, to hear from God and write goals for 2021, if you hadn't done it, they were due back in November. <coughs> but, you know, 2020 threw a monkey wrench and everything, I understand. But like I was saying, now is time to start tightening back up to the, the basics. But the goals are super important. And I want to check your progress on your department's goals throughout the year, just like Pastor Vickers checks on ours, because it keeps you in tune. It keeps reminding you that, that we are doing this for a reason. Goals are hugely important. If you don't set a goal and shoot for anything, you rarely ever hit anything. So goals are important. So in 2020, these are our goals for last year, expand life groups to nine groups. You know, this was before the pandemic hit, and I was thinking, hey, we're, we're growing our life groups. Well, we didn't reach a total of nine life groups because of the pandemic. But we did put together emergency video chat life groups during the lockdown, and we did maintain enough life groups throughout the year to accommodate our congregation and visitors. So the life groups did not stop when they could have. When a lot of people shut theirs down, we were opening ours up in a new way. So just give our life groups a big round of applause. <clears throat> Develop a 
Visitor retention program was one of our goals for last year. We were able to establish new guidelines as a new team to accomplish this task. We now have metrics in place to effectively evaluate our success. We, we can, now we're seeing how many come in, how many stay. Now we'll compare year upon year, maybe quarter upon quarter, how well we're doing. If you can't track something, you can't measure it, how do you know when you're succeeding? Once again, that's the reason for uh, goals and tracking of our goals, our mid-year reports and things, uh, the, we call them the gap and SWOT reports. That so many people are afraid of the few little paperwork things that we do. They think as a leader, man, that just scares me. I don't know what they are. Well, just calm down for a minute. They take maybe 10 minutes of your time, not counting the prayer time that you should. The prayer time is the most important time, hearing from God and then writing your goals down. And then reporting on them in the middle of the year, your SWOT and GAP report, maybe takes another 10 minutes. It's, it's not rocket science. Stop hating it just because somebody tells you you need to do it. It's, not, it's like this meeting. You can come in here hating the idea that we're going to be here all day on Saturday. Or you can come in with a good attitude and it, you, you'll uh, reap the, the rewards of it. And so our paperwork that we do, the small few things that we do to keep ourselves on track for our goals is vitally important. Stop hating it. I'm asking you, don't dread it. Embrace it. Once you learn it and done it one time, it's no big deal. You'll never have to worry about it again. And I'm willing to sit with you every step of the way until you understand our processes. But we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't important. We don't do unimportant things around here. <clears throat> All right. To improve our missions given by 50%. We accomplished this through a missions pledge drive and continue to focus on this as a priority in our church. I don't know how much we gave the years before. I didn't calculate it. But I know this year our giving was at, through 2020 was $6,688. Um, and I think that probably is probably a 200% increase from the previous year, if I had to guess. Uh, we took it seriously. We, had, we had, had been on the back burner for a while as we were establishing other things in the church, but now we're getting back to going into all the world and making that a priority. And this year, I'm, I'm hoping it will be even bigger. All right, to purchase a new facility. I've been putting that on the list for several years. This has not yet become possible. <clears throat> Biggest successes. We maintained our focus on kingdom business when all around politics and pandemics ruled the day. I, I just say that I had to concentrate on the Lord through all this. I want, there's things I wanted to say. I wanted to join what everybody else was talking about. But God kept my mouth quiet and we focused on kingdom business. And now I look back and I'm glad I kept my mouth shut. We did the right thing. Our love for one another is becoming more real than ever because of life groups. We're really getting to know one another. Our missions given greatly improved. Our life groups flourished and gave relief to many through a pandemic. We didn't forget our kids, even though they couldn't be here. Our Kingdom Kids online church service shows our commitment and shows great possibility if we can find the right avenues to expand its reach. We're not doing it right now, but it's certainly still rumbling around in our hearts. And in fact, I was going to use this opportunity 
to maybe tell a few of you that is involved with that that I want to get together very soon and discuss a new idea that I think could be the missing component. Our next step classes are still knitting new people to our vision. Many leaders have emerged, especially among the young adult age. We have young ministers emerging that are more incapable of preaching and leading. We plan to continue. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.